The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the College Ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota, for the 2015th January Leaders Retreat with Mike Heron with the CO Global Resource Center. More information about Campus Outreach Minneapolis can be found at cominneapolis.org. This morning and some of the, the promises and how to think about that were last night and the apple and the seeds and all that and, and Ken shoulder pads. Any of that is, is free game. So uh, you guys can share. Uh, you're talking about your brother? Okay. Yeah, um, I think I had it down to finish this morning. So, um, um, I was about seven years later after my brother kind of kicked me out of his house and told me, don't ever bring up uh, things about God to me. We were in my parents' uh, kitchen during Thanksgiving. It was about seven years later. And my brother said, hey, once we get the kids to bed, can I, can I talk to you for a minute? And I began to get this kind of nervous feeling, like, oh no, I said something that offended him. And I was trying so hard not to, you know, not to offend him. So uh, he, uh, we met, you know, got the kids down, we met, and he said, hey, I want to ask you a question. And I want you to tell me what you think about it. He said, uh, have you ever heard of grace? And I thought it was like a trick question. Like, here it goes, you know, I'm missing. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, grace, you know, God's grace. Have you ever heard of that? And uh, I said, uh, yeah. He said, what do you think about it? And uh, <laughs> it's like, okay, Reverend Barker said, pray and wait till he asks you, is this it, Lord? You know, it's like, it's pretty straightforward. What do you think about it? So, but I was really nervous, so I said, well, what do you think about it? You know, it's like, okay, well, what, what do you think about it? And he said, I don't think I, I don't think I believe in it. And he said, uh, I don't think God's just going to give salvation away. That sounds too easy. What do you think? And uh, I was like, who have you been talking to? And uh, he said, well, he said, a man moved in next door to us, a, a doctor, uh, and he actually, our pediatrician takes care of my our children, and his wife started a Bible study, and she invited Marion, Randy's wife, to the Bible study. And so Marion started telling Randy about things she was learning in this Bible study. And then he was like, where are you hearing that? And so he asked her, and she said, well, here's some tapes, and uh, little cassette tapes. And I said, uh, uh, he started listening to this preacher named Chuck Swindoll, and, uh, and uh he was talking about salvation is by grace. And so we had this incredible conversation. And at the end of the conversation, you know, I'm just like, it's just chills. You can just imagine, you know, where Mark said, pray that somebody, God would bring somebody in his life that he would listen to. And then when he brings up, you know, wait until he brings up spiritual things. It just kind of played out exactly seven years later, as where Mark had said. And so I, at the end of the conversation, I said, Randy, uh, this is just incredible. When did you start, when did you really start seeking God? And I don't think at that point Randy was even a believer. But he said, you know, Mike, I don't ever start seeking God. He said, it's like, he just said that he's rolled off his tongue. He said, God's just been seeking me. He, he said, I, ha I have been looking for God, but he's, he's been finding me. And he said, I find that I, I'm interested in reading the Bible and I want to talk to people about it. So he said, I don't know where that came from. And uh, so I was like, I do, you know. And uh, <laughs> so uh, when he 
when he committed his life to Christ, and I told him the backstory of all this, I said, can we start praying that God will bring somebody in our dad's life? And little did I know that actually my brother became that person. My dad would talk to my brother about all this. He was like, he said, well, Dad, you know, all the stuff that we said, the bad stuff we said about Mike, and then it's like some of that was probably deserving, but not all of it. Uh, he was a little, you know, arrogant and, and did you know, have a little edge to him. But uh, what he's talking about is really true. He's changed my life. And so it's been pretty amazing to pray with my brother and my dad now to talk, you know, there are my greatest heroes, so to speak, and I'm their greatest hero, which is, uh, so yeah, yeah, pretty amazing. I really like what you said about with, your, with the Chinese boys, like just love them and send them off and don't need to worry about their school and everything, yeah. kind of translate over to ministry. Yeah. Um, I'd like to hear some about that. But I'm thinking then, when there are individuals who you are consistently ministering to, and God just kind of puts a burden on your heart and you feel responsible, then you're not seeing progress, you get discouraged. Can you speak to that at all? Like, how can we have more of that mindset of just loving and letting God do the work instead of worrying about yeah. how you're going to do? Yeah, I think that as you carry in you the burdens of of, uh, of brothers, family members, friends that you've you know you, you see that they're headed down a path that um, is probably going to you know, be destruct bringing destructive consequences in your life. How can you live freely and continue to love them even though you you know you carry that burden? I think that part of what I what's helped me and it's really been what's helped me is parenting teenage and college age uh, student my children. It's really helped me with my discipleship because the truth is I began to realize just what little control I really have over their lives. I really can't protect them. And I really can't ensure their safety. And I can't really do anything for them of significance. I mean, at this point, you know, I can take the credit card. You know, there's some ways that I can coerce them into doing what I expect. But really and truly, you know, I really have no control. And uh, I think it's just that constant reminder that God is the one who saves, that he's in control. And then he's just asked me to be a seed of hope in their life. And that's what I should be, a constant reminder. That's what ministry is. It's being a seed of hope that love exists and that somebody in the universe does care about you. And ultimately, the reason why I would give this care for you is because God has given that care for me. And I want you to know that even my love will fail you, even my friendship will let you down. But I want you to know in this demonstration that there is one who will not fail you. So I don't know if that was addressing that something. Another question. So, so I really like what you say about friendship evangelism and mm -hmm. I've, I've seen it and heard that it like it works better. But also I also see Paul going pretty hard in yeah. the Bible. And so I was just wondering like what are your biblical anchors that you think through mm -hmm. with this kind of like, Well, I do you know, and maybe I'm I overstate my um, overstate my uh, effervescence uh, as, a, as a friend or a communicator, but I do have a commitment that when I come to a point in a conversation, and I had a conversation with a lady coming up here on the plane flight, when I come to a point in a conversation where I have the privilege of controlling or directing the topic of conversation, I bring up spiritual things. But I bring up spiritual things not in a challenging way, but almost in an investigative way. So I tell, I throw out little morsels uh, of who I am 
And when this person shows an interest to want to know more about who I am and what I'm all about, and that's a question I usually ask, you know, instead of saying, where do you work or what do you do, I always say, well, what are you all about? And then that, that's a question I like to use, well, what are you all about? And then reciprocally, when she says, well, what are you all about? Uh, I say, well, I work with college students in, in a college ministry, and I help them find satisfactory answers to life's ultimate questions. Really? Yeah, like we, I spend time helping students find answers to the questions, the ultimate questions they want to ask. Well, like what questions? That's what you said. <laughs> what are those questions? So, yeah, but I think my goal, I'm, in friendship, I want to share who I am. And I can't go very long in a friendship without talking about what I'm all about. I want to know what you're all about. And if you don't want to know what I'm all about, we're probably not going to have much of a friendship, right? But I want, to, I want to know what you're all about. Well, how do you think about life and money and job? Well, this is how I think about it because, well, how, why do you think that way? Well, ult ultimate questions to me are, what's going to happen to me when I die? What's our purpose? Why are we here? Uh, how do we deal with suffering and evil in the world? Is there any hope for life after death? I've found that those ultimate uh, questions, uh, the best answers uh, that are offered to those found in Christianity. Have you ever, have you ever looked into that? Let me tell you what how that's been for me. So, I think it's more. Think about First Peter three fifteen for just a second. Now, I'm all for intentional evangelism, but just think about it for just a second. It says, "Set apart Christ as Lord in your heart, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account of the hope." that is within you, yet do this with gentleness and reverence. Okay. We're to be ready to be on the defense. Well, what are we defending? What does that verse say we're defending? We are defending and fending off and explaining to somebody who asks us, why are you so hopeful? Why are you so loving? Why do you care about me when you shouldn't? Why, why are you this way? Oh, make a defense. Let me tell you, it's not just that I'm a great person. It's not just that I'm altruistic. Christ has changed my life and he's brought a kind of love to me that I want to share with the world. So I think that if, if you really look at how the New Testament and the early church grew, it was because it was a group of people that were willing to love the unlovely who couldn't love them back. I mean, they said that the plagues would would spread through cities, and the Christians and, and, and families were so fearful that someone in their family had a certain you know disease. They would lock their family outside their door. They would put the de the bodies that were almost dead in the streets. The Christians would go through the streets and take care of the bodies of the dying and invite the the. Uh, the uh, scorned family members into their homes. And it was like, can you imagine that First Peter 3 discussion? Why are you doing this? Why are you caring for us? Because I have hope. Because I found love. And I want you to know that love. And so I think that I'm not, I, I guess you could say, I'm not in any way muting intentional evangelism, but I am elevating love and friendship that is the more powerful apologetic than even our words.
Other question? One more. One more. You touched on um, what it kind of looks like to, or touched on sharing weakness with other people. And in John Miller's book, A Faith Worth Sharing, I remember you get a part in there where he talks about people really relate to weakness more than they relate to strength. Um, could you talk at all about how um, when you're sharing your faith or when you're talking to people, you share weakness and how we as students can do that? Yeah, you have to think, assume that if you're talking to someone who's not a believer, or even a young Christian, their assumption is if you're a committed believer or you're a strong Christian, you just have more willpower than they do. You just have more fortitude. You have, you're, just, you're just more determined than they are. And so as you share, if you're not careful, and it's probably some of what my brother was hearing in those early days, what he was hearing was, I basically am saying, if you have more willpower, determination, and sheer uh, fortitude, you could live like me, but you don't. But I think the idea is, anytime that you can quickly, and I think I was referring to Rosaria was blown away by this pastor, that the first day he had her for dinner, he not only prayed for the meal, but he prayed for God to forgive him of his sins in front of her, that were our many, that keep him from loving God and others the way that he should. So I think that the way that I try to do that is be quick to let to disarm a person and let them know that my Christianity, my relationship with Christ, my faith is not built on my own fortitude. In fact, I fail God every day and continue to fail God every day. And what's so amazing is that he still loves me. And so I look for ways to highlight God's love of people who are undeserving. And um, so I think that um, the more that you can do that, the more you can help that person really see, oh, wow, the gospel is about forgiving people who are undeserving. It's not about moralism or uh, triumphalism or some sense of personal um, pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. Ruby down there, because Mike, you're playing too, right? Uh, yes. You got to get the airport. So uh, I'm going to pray for Mike, and uh, you guys can pray with us. Father, thank you for our brother uh, who has been able to plant lots and lots of seeds, who has helped us this weekend to understand the power of little steps of faithful living and loving. Uh, thank you that Mike and all of us have this treasure that is hidden in our jars of clay, uh, so that the surpassing glory, the surpassing wonder, the surpassing value would go to you, Lord Jesus, and not to us. We thank you for allowing us, and especially after hearing the stories this weekend, allowing Mike to participate in your kingdom, really to directly or indirectly participate in all of our lives. So I pray that you would continue to give us that kind of big vision and rest in the gospel of Christ. So we remember exactly what we just said, that what we are, the seeds we are planting are the seeds of the message that Jesus loves those who don't deserve his love, and he keeps loving those who don't deserve his love. When people begin to ask us more and more about the hope that's in us, why we're so different, uh, I pray that uh, if there's an opportunity, Mike would, would be able to have someone on the plane that asks him uh, on the way back about how to answer the ultimate questions of life uh, as they interact with him. Um, we praise you for all that we've learned. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you guys give Mike a hand? 
Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach Minneapolis. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at clminneapolis.org.